munchies, and we get really high. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Weed of Time podcast where we discuss the one power. Our show lasts an hour and we eat (laughs) lots of sour patch kids. Then sourdough and lots of sour stuff, you know? (laughs) All about the sour. We eat a lot of stuff, so it's only a matter of time. (laughs) I'm the Shame of Tarvalon, and I am here with my co-hosts, Deng and Nospo, and we are here to talk about Crossroads of Twilight, because Nospo finished it, like, a month ago, (laughs) based on this concept. (laughs) Insert, um, copyright... Free um party music. Kind of sound like Smeagol. Okay, so within the first two minutes of the episode, Shame has tried to beatbox. We're off to a sh- smashing start, darling. <laughs> I didn't try to beatbox. I just tried to make it muffled. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. It was delightful. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> You're so rude to me. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, we're here. Fans to, demand it. We're here to talk about Crossroads of Twilight. So, dang, what did we smoke? We smoked Aurora Blue Dream, which is a sativa um, that's really fucking good. A blessing on this earth. Some like 22% THC, 0% CBD. Um, a true blessing. It, it, it's a wonderful weed. Very energetic. Gets us ready for shows when we don't feel like doing them, you know? Mm. Uh, what are people eating? Because that's got something to do with it too. <laughs> yeah. So, I was thinking last night, I'm like, you know what? I would like to have a nice breakfast tomorrow. <laughs> I was ignorant then. <laughs> and I like cinnamon buns. So I looked up a recipe for cinnamon buns. I'm like, okay, I have everything to make this. I can make this but I wasn't sure if I would because I was high and it seemed like a lot of work. So I was like, today I was like, whatever, it might happen, it might not. And he's like, okay, I guess it won't happen. (laughs) (laughs) And then I woke up and I made cinnamon buns and finally at like one o'clock the cinnamon buns were ready. It didn't help that we were in bed till like 10 a.m. We were, we were in bed so late and then we had to like delay it while we walked the dog and It was, a thing. it was a process. Today yeah. was a really strange day. It was a very strange day. I'm so sad tomorrow's Monday. Um, as this comes out on a Wednesday and you're listening to it on whatever day. Uh, so, oh, uh, the Aurora Blue Dream, we smoked a grinder of it. Yeah. Uh, an <laughs> overflowing grinder full. Yes. Yeah. Um, but my cinnamon buns, I was making them and I'm like, what am I doing? I'm an idiot. I should have put weed in these. I had already made the dough. But I hadn't made the filling yet. I'm like, okay, so I'm just going to put the weed in the filling and we're going <laughs> to go from there. And then I put 45 milligrams of THC into them. And then there was four each. and 15 grams each. Yeah, so 15 milligrams. Y- yeah. Milligrams each. <laughs> 15 grams each is like Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds lit, actually. Okay, anyways. Um, <laughs> so that's what the ladies yeah. are eating. Oh, eating and there's some CBD in it as well. But uh, yeah, Nosebo just finished her fourth one. She had eaten three of them earlier. I'd only eaten two of mine earlier, so I'm eating them now. And 
you'll notice in a little while when I get much more silly or much more sleepy. Yeah, and Dang already ate his all earlier. Yeah. So I'm just sitting here drinking some branched chain amino acids. Oh, wait, me too. <laughs> uh, watermelon flavor. <laughs> Fuzzy beach flavor. I have water. By mutant. I also have water. Alright, so we're here to talk Jane about... also has water! <laughs> so what if I do? What are you, a fucking cop? <laughs> Jesus. No. Stay hydrated. Crossroads of Twilight. Alright, so breaking it down. What? This would be a great point. Okay. <laughs> so, at the request of one of our listeners, Jake, one of our beloved patrons, we recorded Nospo... Reading the entirety <laughs> of chapter 40. We out did loud. Not, out loud and reacting to it. We didn't know she was going to do this. We were actually out of the house. We just wanted to have a microphone near her so that when she got to the thing that happens in that chapter, you know, Egwene getting captured. Might get a juicy could, gasp or something. Yeah, you know? that's, that was all we wanted. But then she read the whole thing. So at this point, we'll insert her reading part of that. That's the other thing. We're going to put the whole thing on our Patreon because it's like an hour and 20 minutes. <laughs> if you want to hear the world's weirdest audiobook, here you go. <laughs> yeah. So that'll be on our Patreon for all patrons. Uh, but here's a section of that that we'll put into this episode. Even in the night, the set of bowed shoulders said she did not understand. But she learned not to argue with Aes Sedai too, just as she had learned that with Aguin, just as she had learned that Aguin was Aes Sedai. The rest she would learn eventually. The tower could take all the time it needed to teach her. Dismounting? What is she gonna do? What are they doing? <laughs> Why is there only two pages left? What? What is going on? What? <laughs> Friends, help! <laughs> Dismounting, Aguin handed Bella's reins to one of the soldiers and raised her skirts to tramp through the snow toward the labored sounds of dragging. It was a large rowboat, being pushed and pulled across the snow like a sled. A bulky sled that had to be maneuvered between trees, though with fewer curses once the men were doing the pushing and pulling, realized that she was following them closely. Most men guarded their tongues around Aes Sedai, and if they could not see her face between the darkness and her cowl, who else would be down here by the river? If they knew she was not the same woman intended at first to accompany, accompany them, who questioned Aes Sedai? They eased the boat onto the river, careful, with careful of splashes, and the men scrambled aboard to set oars and rag-paddled oarlocks. The men were barefoot to avoid the noise of boot scraping, to avoid the noise of a boot scraping on hull planks. Small boats piled these waters, but tonight they had to master the currents. One of the men on the bank gave her a hand to steady herself climbing in, and she settled on the seat in the bow, holding her cloak, co cloak close. The boat set away from the river, silent except for the faint swirl of oars in the water. A queen looked ahead, south toward Tarvalon. The white walls gleamed in the light of a fat, waning moon, and lamplit windows gave the city a muted glow almost as if the island was embracing Sidar. The white tower stood out even in darkness, windows alight, the great mass shining beneath the moon. 
Something flashed across the moon and her breath caught. For an instance, she thought it had only been a dry car. A draw. Whew. She thought of, I can't say. It's, I'm guessing a madral. I'm pretty sure this is for a madral. An evil sight on all nights. Only a bat, she decided. Spring might be near enough for bats to be venturing out. Holding her cloak tighter, she peered toward the city drawing nearer. Nearer. As the tall wall of the North Harbor loomed in front of the boat, the oarsman backed water just so the bow mist clissing the walls beside the harbor entrance. Aguin almost put out a hand to fend off from the pale stone before the boat could pump into the wall. The thump surely would have been heard by soldiers on guard. The oars only made small gurgling noise made a small gurgling noise as they swept back, though in the boat stopped where she could have touched the massive iron chains across the harbor. Its huge links giving off their own faint gleam from the grease coating them. There was no need for touching, though. No need for waiting, either. Embracing Sidar, she was barely aware of the thrill of life filling her as she had the weaves in place. Earth, fire, and air surrounding the chain. Earth and fire touching it. The black iron flashed to white across the whole width of the harbor mouth. She just had time to realize that someone had embraced the source not far away above her on the wall. Then something struck the boat, struck her, and she was aware of the cold water enveloping her, filling her nose with... No! What? (sighs) What? What is going on? A queen felt hardness beneath her. She heard women's voices, excited voices. Well, well, we certainly got better than we bargained for tonight. Something pressed her mouth, warm, trickled in, tasting, oh no, tasting faintly of mint. She swallowed convulsively, suddenly aware of how cold she was, shivering. Her eyes flickered open and fastened on the face of the woman holding her head in the cup. Lanterns held by soldiers crowding around gave light enough for her to make out the face clearly. An ageless face. She was inside North Harbor. That's it, girl, the eyes said, I said encouragingly. Drink it all down, a strong dose for now. Egwene tried to push the cup away, tried to embrace Sidar, but she could feel herself sliding back down into darkness. They had been waiting for her. She had been betrayed. But by whom? Oh my. Okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I guess. Okay. (laughs) Wow, I bet you've been just waiting for me for 40 pages just to get to that point. Wow. That was a lot. What What is happening? Oh boy, I might start reading The Knife of Dreams today. <laughs> I hope McWayne's in it. <laughs> Alright, so that's um that's no spo's brief conclusion. <laughs> <laughs> so let's launch into Crosswords of Twilight. Mm-hmm. So what are your thoughts on having finished the book, what are you oh. what thoughts are you left with? 
Before I answer that, I'm just going to say for our fellow listeners, um, this book started right after, right after Rand had cleansed the taint. Um, spoiler warning, if you haven't read Crossroads. If you have, they should have, we're not a, we're not a spoiler free podcast. Like, if you're listening to us and you haven't read all the books, like, you know you're playing with fire. We don't hold back spoilers. Blame you should have known fire. better. Yeah, now I'm just suspicious because I could be someone that spoils things. We're good. We're good. Okay. Let's keep going. Um, so we're catching up with everyone after Rand had cleansed the taint. And so we we go to Elaine, Avienda. We see Nine for a very short half a page along with Lan. Um, we catch up with Rand. We catch up with Lyle, thankfully. We catch up with Perrin. We catch up with Fail. We catch up with everybody. Anyone that we really care two shits about has shown back up again. All of the major plot lines, they're there. Yeah. It's wonderful. It's lovely. We even catch up a little bit with Alvarin and um, Elida a little bit. And the people hunting Dark Friends in the Tower. Yep. As well, there was some in the prologue, I believe. Yes. Yeah. We also catch up with Gowan a little bit. And yeah. We haven't seen Gowan in a long time. Okay, no, and but I loved him in the prologue. I'm not gonna Fair. lie. You're just being a dick dies. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, he totally would be. He's known Elida, like, his own, whole life. Like, he's not impressed. Yeah, he's like, yeah, what the fuck that bitch want, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, so we catch up, and then the ending of the book is Egwene getting captured, and it was horrible, as I'm sure you remember the recording you just heard only moments prior. <laughs> so what are your thoughts here? What do you think is going to happen to Egwene now that she's in the tower as a rival Amerlin? Um. And we know that it is a crime that is punishable by death to impersonate or claim to be the Amerlin seat, if you are not. Um, I'm not quite sure what they're going to do. Elida has specifically said that Egwene would never be killed. Right, because you, you started reading Night of Dreams. Right, right, right. Well, it, it's been mentioned before. She said time and time again, mm. the Alavir girl's going to have to... Bang right. to be anything but a novice, and she's never allowed to leave right. the tower again. Like, mm. like uh, she'll eventually be an Aes Sedai because she's very powerful. But like, no, yeah, <laughs> not for a very long time. Refusing to accept her as anything other than a novice that was put yeah. up as this. So I think from that aspect, she w- like her bodily autonomy will be okay. Mm-hmm. Um, she's I th- not going to be put to death. You don't think? Yeah, I think. But she's probably going to get a lot of um, punishment, though. Quite probably. Um, Doing chores. They talked a bit about the strap in the last book. Mm. Because Alvarin had the mistress of the novices gave Elida. Yeah, just punishments and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, fuck. But that's considered discipline in the tower, which is fucked up. Yeah. That's a whole other episode. And in ale culture, ale culture. Mm-hmm. Um. Shit, where was I going? Um. And I think that the sisters are probably going to be malicious, and very much feel like Wayne feel like she's trapped again, like she was when she was in fall. Hmm. That's fair. 
I think, think they're she's really going to try and beat whatever free spirit Egwene has left in her, you know? That's that's legit. Okay. So you think she'll be, like, a prisoner then as they try to just kind of beat her down? Or... Probably. And they would also probably try to use her as, like, a bargaining chip in a way. Or, mm. like... I don't know if I'm getting my thoughts correctly in order. Um, or if I can say what I mean. Like, on the outside, they'd be like, look at how wonderful we're treating her. She totally feels that I'm the true Amberlynn. And then on the yeah. inside, like, they're just horrific to her. Oh, um, so this is going to be a bit of a stretch, but for anyone who's read the Handmaid's Tale sequel, um, mm. the the Testaments, yep. it's a little so bit So good. It's honestly better than the first one. Way better than the first one. It's kind of crazy. Um. But it's, it's kind of like a baby weight. Nicole sort of deal. Mm-hmm. Where, like, they want to use her as this big political symbol of their legitimacy. Mm-hmm. But they don't actually give a shit about her. Um, mm-hmm. They were punishing they, her they on just, the inside for yeah, what she's been doing. kind of keep her locked up. They don't really give a fuck about her well-being. Mm-hmm. It's just, they yeah. want her face. Ideologically speaking, they want her face. Yeah. The perceived mm-hmm. endorsement. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's legit. There's so many real life things we could talk about right there. Mm-hmm. Probably shouldn't. <laughs> nope. <laughs> we'll save that for ranting and raving. <coughs> um, yeah, that's pretty much it. I think they're going to try and get as much of the secrets out yeah. that she has. Okay. And do you have any other major thoughts about the book right now? The other thing that they could do in a totally unsuspecting move was somehow make her go through the trial of becoming a full Aes Sedai and then taking that away from her. That'd be kind of fucked up. What would be their logic there? So they could try her as a, a crimes as an Aes Sedai because she was claiming to be Aes Sedai. Okay. Oh, okay. Like, here, you want to be a big girl and... Here have big girl consequences. You know what I mean. I I see now that that makes more sense. Yeah, I wasn't quite sure what you meant at first, but but that that makes more sense. I don't think they would, because they they could have chosen to treat her that way anyways. True. Like, mm-hmm. there's <laughs> no. There, there's I, no law saying that a novice is allowed to pretend to be the Everland seat. Right. And, Still and death sentence. The other thing is, they're the Aes Sedai. They're accountable to themselves. What's to stop them from doing what they want any percent of the time, realistically? True. Like, whether an Aes Sedai is a good or a bad character seems entirely dependent on whether they're just a good or a bad person. Because they're only accountable to themselves and the institution mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. So if the institution decides to take action, no one but the institution can say differently. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, that's legit. But any other big thoughts about the book? Oh. Yeah. Um, that epilogue was interesting. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, what do you think is going to happen with that? Um, well, Shane presented me with an interesting, interesting idea that maybe 
there's now like two Daughter of Nine Moons running around. And that could be... So you know how there was the... Like, okay. Have you... No, you don't know about this yet. Never mind. Never mind. (laughs) Or no, you do know about this. Okay. Suroth was dealing with the tales and like the Seekers were dealing with stories of someone who looked like Tuan going around and like robbing shit. Yeah. That's kind of what I was referring you to is like... Oh, I remember that now. It was a fake one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's upsetting. <laughs> that makes things far more complicated than they need to be. Because, like, there's no way Siroth would actually ever have two on right now. We know where she is. <laughs> and I don't think there's any way that Siroth would pat somebody else off as her that, like, didn't look like her. Mm-hmm. Because everyone else would shame the fuck out of her for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? That's legit. Yeah. Anything else? Yeah. But what about that? There's a fake one, so what do you think is going to happen with Rand? <laughs> Upsetting things, probably. I, 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 I don't know what's going to happen to my poor boy, Rand. He is a poor boy, isn't he? I want him to not be insane. Don't we all? I want him to not feel like he's going to throw up every time he uh, reaches for the power. Because he's going to have to do a lot of that soon. Okay, but wait, but wait, but wait. Thus far, has there been a time where it might actually have been better for him to successfully reach the power? When he was prevented from doing so? In terms of where the story goes, you know what I mean? Like... Is there a better time for him to not be able to grab the power? Yeah, uh, that's what I mean. Oh. Like, is it sometimes a good thing if Rand can't be channeling? Like, if he's gonna do some dumb fuck thing. Yeah. Like, if I I'm... Mean, re- probably. Like, if I'm remembering correctly, um, at the end of Path of Daggers, there's a moment where he's got Kalindor and he's attacking the Shanchan, right? Mm-hmm. But does he not kind of fail out of that after a minute? He, like, collapses because he can't handle the nausea? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Would it have been better for him to just obliterate them all and be able to continue willy-nilly forward? Like, No. So, in that way, it's an interesting plot thing that, mm-hmm. like, maybe it's, but maybe it's better somehow. It, it's the main thing impeding him, but for a while, maybe it was necessary for him to yeah. be impeded, and that's why the... Oh, maybe that's why the pattern weaved the madness. The pattern let the Dark One have a strategic victory in the form of madness. The Dark... Or, sorry, the creator knows when to sheath the sword. (laughs) Yikes. Anyway. Just a, a final thought on that. Oh, we caught up with Halva just murdering people now. Grey loved it. They didn't hate it whatsoever. Hate everything about that. I guess it's better that she's away from Halva. Hadn't considered that. Bless. <laughs> <laughs> Too blessed to be stressed. Okay. Was Egwene the one that Halva was giving headaches? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I wanted to make sure I had that correct in my head as I agreed with you. <laughs> 
Yeah. So, like, bless the Egwene's not going to have headaches from that anymore. <laughs> She's going to have plenty more headaches. headaches, though. Yeah. Quite. But not black magic <laughs> headaches, you know? Black magic woman. <laughs> Make a devil out of me. Alright, so, next. What's, what's... How we all feel about the book. Oh, son. I can start. Go ahead. I said this on Twitter. I really liked this book. I thought this book was a really great follow-up for how everyone to catch up after Cleansing the Taint. We got to see that such a huge moment from everyone's perspective. And that was really cool. And sometimes you forgot that that was happening in this book. Because Robert Jordan would give you a little bit of introduction. They'd remind you where you were at in the story. And then come up to when they felt everything going on and everyone is freaking out and it was kind of interesting to see how that came into conversation and out of conversation a little bit mm-hmm. That's to be fair there are parts of this book aka the part of elena navienda coming back from the one guy's um manner was not that fun to read but the other parts were really fun to read i like the Windfinders really were funny to me it's legit i found them more frustrating I, I feel like they're just, you're so stupid for no reason. <laughs> Stop. Shame hot take number one. Windfinders, dumb as fuck. They are. They're so, like, they're so selfish, you know? Yeah, and I love that they just get to be unironically themselves, you know? I guess. <laughs> I don't know. And it's fun to see Elaine's prowess, because I feel like a little bit in the beginning of her character, we just saw this annoying girl walking around being annoying. <laughs> and then I was like... Is that oh, not how you see her in this book, too? Not at all! <laughs> Sorry, I had to. She's not as whiny anymore. She's grown up a little bit. But, like, no, she's like, I know exactly how I'm going to talk myself to getting exactly what I want, and it's just a game for me. Here you go. (laughs) And I love that. I love watching her be a boss-ass bitch doing what she was training to do. Hot take I'm going to share between the two of us. (laughs) Okay. It's not whatsoever surprising to me that the rest of her family, our royal family, stands. (laughs) <laughs> that's the energy I'm getting right now <laughs> she does a good job she does she does it's not my fault it, that they didn't have a communist <laughs> uprising in the of time <laughs> it's your fault that you're trying to get in the way of my guillotine though <laughs> I am very encouraging of the guillotine <laughs> I'm just saying we can't add a guillotine into the story, so we just kind of have to take it for what it is. And I'm just saying. <laughs> Make one with know, the power. Which... You know those fucking American liberals on Twitter who will post like, oh, Donald Trump had a state visit to the UK and the queen wore her $700 million emerald earrings, which were a gift from the prime minister of Kirkamanistan. <laughs> Which is an enemy of the United States. She slayed him queen! Like, 
It's a little bit how I feel when you talk about Elaine. <laughs> That's fair. Okay. But <laughs> just, you've taken me to a place and now I need to do it, do it, do we it. need to all wrap at the destination. Okay, so imagine an invisible guillotine created with the power. Yes. Imagine mm-hmm. an invisible guillotine created with the power at Dumai's well. <laughs> A traveling gate that just stole goes chomp chomp. <laughs> just teleport into the middle of people. As yeah, invisible guillotine right there. Chomp chomp. <laughs> Ten thousand slicey boys burst onto the battlefield. <laughs> Ten thousand slicey boys episode title. <laughs> Ten thousand slicey boys fucking burst into the burst into Camelin. Where the fuck's the princess? Walking up into the club like, what up? I got 10,000 spicy boys. Spicy boys. Spicy boys. Spicy. Oh, God. Y'all. Oh, God. Jesus Christ. Debilitating. Okay. But actually, I think the most scathing indictment. Okay. I'm going to say it. This is a polarizing book. Even amongst us, clearly, yeah. right? But scroll through community Twitter for a while. It's a polarizing book. Lots of people love it. Lots of people who are correct think it's the worst book in the series. <laughs> um, or one, I'll accept people who think it, it's on the weaker spectrum. Mm-hmm. It's but, on the weaker spectrum. But in the... Like, the most scathing indictment I can find of it, specifically the Elaine bits, is actually from the... WOT.fandom.com, a Wheel of Time wiki, in the plot synopsis that I had to reread before this. Oh, I'm glad you remembered to read the plot synopsis. Yeah, I thought you hadn't. We have in the plot summary one, two, three, four, five paragraphs. Okay? The first one is about Perrin and his plot line. Okay? The second one is Matt and his plot line. Then there's Elaine's, then Rand's, then Egwene's. Okay? Rand, Matt, and Perrin all get big, hearty paragraphs. Okay. Egwene, quite unfairly, gets uh, two beefy sentences. Right? It just kind of summarizes her ending. Egwene leads the rebel Aes Sedai in maintaining the siege of Tarbalan. At the end of the book, she is captured by agents of the White Tower. Okay? So about mm-hmm. half the length that all the guys get. Okay? And here is my scathing indictment of Elaine. Here is how they summarize her plotline in this book. Elaine Trakand or Trakand? Trakand. Trakand. Elaine Trakand continues trying to solidify her hold on the Lion Throne of Andor. Period. (laughs) And the problem is they're right. (coughs) Right? (coughs) She doesn't accomplish anything within the book. Right. They're talking about Matt trying to escape uh, Shanshan-controlled territory while courting Tuon, who he has kidnapped and who his prophesies will become his wife. And he's discovered that Tuan, as a potential Suldam, can be taught to channel. We've got Perrin. We've got a little analysis of his... Um, his slicey boy. His slicey boy. <laughs> and taking his prisoners and being a fucked up asshole about it, right? Okay. That's our last round. And Rand, he's talking about resting and sending... Who he sends to negotiate a truce and what the results of that are. Okay? Those are major events, right? That's oh, fair. and Logan and the uh, Aes Sedai and Ashaman show up. Yes. And it's just... With loyal! 
With Elaine, it's she's where she was at the beginning of the book, and she stayed there the whole time and was just there the whole time doing things there the whole mm-hmm. time that weren't all that big in comparison. Yeah. And it just, considering how many words she got in this book, I feel like it wasn't necessary. And, like, if you think about it in overarching plot, it would have been, like, getting that much detail about the siege in tier. Yeah. Kind of. Really, you know, yeah. It's, there's nothing really beefy about it. Um, you have something no spoiler. Wait, did they use the Bull the Winds at the beginning? Of this book? Yeah. No. no. Okay, no. No, 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 that was Path of two, Daggers, I think. Yeah, that was two yeah. weeks ago. Okay, that's kind of what I thought, but I was very scared to be wrong, because I am quite high. That's fair. <laughs> okay, go ahead, no spoiler. This is related to Matt's thing, so I don't know if we want to... No, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, okay. go ahead. I just wanted to read, because I thought that this was really funny. Um... I can't say her name. Eganon has just told everyone that Soul Damkin Channel and um, Matt, and this is what Robert Jordan wrote. Matt whistled through his teeth. Now that would be a kick in the head for the Sean Sean. Um, and then a little bit later, a quick flash of Tuan's finger. Oh, Tuan's face was a dark mask, unreadable. She did not like what she had heard, though. Come to think, she had said she trained Dame. Oh, burn him on top of everything else. He was going to marry a woman who could channel. And now it was like, yes. <laughs> it was just so well written. Just him being like, damn, that shit sucks for them. And then him being like, oh, that shit sucks for me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like, to be fair, I do feel a little bad for Matt in this. Yeah. It's written as very funny, but I feel a little bit bad because... He's, he grows up, and his entire life they hear about these scary witches from across the world. Mm-hmm. Evil, you know? And so he just, that's what he he expects, right? And then he's whisked away to get poisoned, and then they save him? <laughs> but they want to keep him there. But what the fuck? Okay, I'm going to leave. I'm going to get as far away from this as I can. This is all sketchy. I don't like it. I don't like what's going on. I'm just going to leave and mind my own business. Oh, they're... They're here, too, right? And then he finds out he's going to marry one. And then, to top the whole fucker off, he's going to find out his sister can. He's already found that. Or he, has, yeah. he finds out his sister can, too. And he's stuck there standing in the living room like he's Ross. He's in Saladar. He's stuck there standing in the living room like Ross in Friends going, My sister! <laughs> you know, like, he just wants to get away from magic. And he fucking can't to save his life. Also, since channeling is a recessive gene, this might even mean that our boy, Matrim Cawthon, Cawthon, I don't know, I was trying to say it in a weird voice, yeah, it just ended up weird, Matt Cawthon could possibly channel. I mean, it feels good to say it iambically, though. Matrim Cawthon, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It feels rhythmic, it's right. But I don't think it is. Matrim Cawthon, like, (laughs) Matrim Kathan. I just imagine Kathan. It's like you were saying when we were smoking and listening to music earlier, Nospo. Matt Kathan, fine. Matrim Kathan, garbage. It's like you were saying earlier, Nospo. Everything needs a gallop rhythm, and that includes names in the Wheel of Time. (laughs) They're doing them all in their heads right now. They're bouncing. We're doing our own names, our real names. 
My name? Yeah, no, my name's got it. All three, baby. Four to close it off. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wild. Alright, All right, let's move on. Now we've been sitting here. Silently measuring our names. Like, in reference to I am's. Let's, uh, let's move on. Um, We're high. It's fine. I'm, I'm gonna... I'm gonna, I'm gonna bogart a little bit here for a minute because yeah. I want to put forward something that I've said to these two. I think at least I know I've talked mm-hmm. to Shane about it, but I'm gonna throw it out into the community so I can get roasted on Twitter for being wrong. Um, no, I think a lot of people agree with you because I kind of agree with you. No, I'm just being a shithead though. Uh, <laughs> this book, I think, didn't need to exist. And I'm going to qualify that statement a lot, and I hope I'm going to pull you onto my side, but that's my thesis, is that Crossroads of Twilight should not have been a Wheel of Time book. Um, like, it, sh- it shouldn't have been part of the series. And here's my logic, okay? Robert Jordan struggles a lot with pacing, mm-hmm. I would argue. When he gets it right, he fucking demolishes the pacing. It's amazing. Lord of Chaos, impeccably paced. Dragon Reborn, Eye of the World, impeccably paced, if you can get past the first 80 pages. Yeah. Um, I was so excited in those first 80 pages for just a nice little festival. I know, right? You're just <laughs> excited for the spring party. And uh, then everything's fucked. And then Tam almost died. <laughs> yeah. But Spoilers. <laughs> Fuck. Ten pages long. It took me so long to read. It was so fucked because it makes no sense, right? You can't literally you can't make zero. heads or tails of it at all. Um, no, there's nothing. None. Zero. But Robert Jordan ends up spending a lot of time on extraneous details and putting those extraneous details into parts of the plot that don't need them. Okay. And I'm going to argue that it gets worse over time. Like everybody knows that he said. Folded her arms under her breasts. Too much. I counted in this book, it was three times. Oh, it's not too bad, actually. Two um, of them came in, like, the same chapter, though. And one oh, of them so was a pleasant surprise close. at the end. <laughs> um, and also that he's a bit of a pedantic prick about describing people's clothing. Yes. Like, when we get 14 Aes Sedai in the same room, we don't need to know what all of their dresses look like. <laughs> We don't need to know what all of their shawls look like. We like just. I'd like to add the specific chapter that this happened because it. Please did. fucking do. Um. She's looking confused. She can't find it. She's flipping <laughs> no, back and forth between remember. the pages of the table of I contents can't remember repeatedly. What chapter it happened in. Um. But anyway, when um describe the scene. Um. I think it's the, a chat with Swan, but anyway. Mm. Um, <coughs> um, Ramonda Lane? No. Um, Sway, uh, Swan and Elaine were honestly just having a chat. And then Sherry and... Wayne. Yeah. <laughs> what did I say? Elaine. Elaine. Yeah, just Elaine and Swan were casually having a chat. Swan and Egwene were talking. Through, and... <laughs> through 
tra- do portholes. <laughs> portholes. Gateways. <laughs> portholes. Anyway. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> Okay. Swan and Egwene. Okay. Swan and Egwene were talking and Um and it was after um they decided that they were going to send an emissary to talk and negotiate with the tower. Okay. Um and then people come back from the crater. They want to know and they've called the hall together and mm, for a whole chapter it's Egwene standing outside the tent. Describing what every sister who was not in the tent was wearing. Oh, I remember that. <laughs> and then you go into the hall. And you describe not only, no, not just their clothing, where they're sitting. Because where they're sitting is important. Honestly, because you could just get away with saying they're sitting in a circle, right? Like, yeah, I don't sitting need in to know. Or, like... I really didn't need to know where Saroya was sitting or however you say her name. Saroya. Saroya. Makes sense. <laughs> what I did need to know from that scene though how fucking weak Sherry is <laughs> she cried and the whole time Egwene is like get your shit together girl yeah <laughs> and I'm like honestly this is just embarrassing for I'm me like, like Egwene doesn't know this but Sherry is a black sister yeah and she's weak as fuck like <laughs> yeah all you needed, really. Just like, ugh. We know she's been getting tortured, though. I know. So the way that I always interpreted it was the information that was being presented was going to result in her torture. That's mm. fair. I'm just also like, no, she was weak. Well, exactly. <laughs> like, I don't have sympathy for her. No. That's just how I always kind of interpreted her kind of thought like, I just process. Feel- <laughs> frustration and I was like yeah I'm pissed off at her for being a black sister too we have to move on sometimes right? <laughs> yeah and so this is my point Robert Jordan was very big on unnecessary details and here's the thing that actually can ruin and has ruined more fantasy series than just the Wheel of Time right mm-hmm. it's why the Two Towers is the worst Lord of the Rings book it's why you know lots of shit in the middle of the chronicles of thomas covenant is just horribly slow you know what i mean Mm -hmm. uh why so much of the so many of the black company books could have just been not released because they weren't necessary it was just people walking places right the horse of his boy Hot take. I love that book it's one of my favorites horse and his boy least favorite series that's horrible. Prince Caspian exists, you know. Oh, you know what? Second, <laughs> second least. <laughs> Honestly, took that out of the running. <laughs> Love it. Um, but so here's the thing. Lots of book series struggle with being really slow through the middle. Mm-hmm. You have the beginning, which is fun and exciting. You're launched off on an adventure. The middle is boring. And the ending is like, oh, it's the big finale, right? You're yeah, yeah. And I'm going to argue like I argued in the car the other day, or yesterday, mm. Shane, that The Wheel of Time is a trilogy. With multiple volumes within each trilogy, okay? The first set, it's or the first book, is the first five. Eye of the World Through Fires of Heaven. Leaving the Two Rivers to Rand Killing Robin. Okay? That is the first book, so to speak. From Crown of Swords through Crossroads of Twilight... I argue it's the middle. 
things getting into place to finish the series. Mm -hmm. And then from Knife of Dreams to the end, that's the third book. That is the end. Because that is where all the plot lines come crashing down and you can't put the fucking books down because you're so excited because everything's happening all of the time, right? Yeah. And this so, is like the calm before the storm, but it's just a little bit boring in comparison. Right, exactly. Especially when it gets filled with unnecessary detail. Mm-hmm. And to show I'm being reasonable about this, I'm going to once again criticize Tolkien and say, specifically the chapter Treebeard in, uh, in Two Towers. We did not need everything we heard in that chapter. It could have been half the length and the story would have been better for it. Like, That's fair. And so... My argument is this. In this second book, what a lot of people call the slump of the Wheel of Time, right, between Crown of Swords and Crossroads of Twilight, Robert Jordan basically fell into the second book trap. He gave us way too much detail. What you're supposed to do is set up your story in the beginning, like in the first book, you give all this detail about the characters. Let them develop their characters a little bit. Let us learn who they are. Let us learn everything about the setting. Let us get immersed in the setting. But when you get to the middle... You stop telling us that. We already know what everything looks Unless like. Unless it's a new setting. Unless it's a new thing. Unless mm-hmm. something is being changed in an important way, right? A new yeah. character is introduced. A new character. They go somewhere else that they hadn't seen yeah. before. Uh, a natural disaster hits. You know, like... But we don't need to vividly describe the f- every single one of the kin that we see every day. Right, exactly. <laughs> and so I think if Robert Jordan had been more encouraged or inspired to cut out lots of the extraneous detail, like everything the sisters are wearing, every time a woman comes near her own breasts with her arms. <laughs> God, let women do what they want with their bodies, Robert Jordan. Um, sorry. Near. <laughs> oh my God, Sisters is coming near. Is this near? anything besides a T-pose? <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, if he'd been willing to cut a lot of that shit out, he could have condensed the events that happen in different books into the same book. Okay? That's fair. And I would argue that the beginning of Crossroads of Twilight, where everyone's finding out or seeing that the uh, the taint is being cleansed, Mm -hmm. could have been smushed in with the end of Winter's Heart. Mm -hmm. And all of the setup stuff that this book does, like Egwene being captured, could have been pushed into Knife of Dreams, where a lot of it ends up well, not a lot of it, but, like, some of it ends up starting to get resolved in a more mm-hmm. exciting way. Mm-hmm. And it it would have better paced the series. Um, I'm not going to go through the whole thing. Yeah. But I, I'm going to say the series should have been about ten books, in my opinion. Um, I think there's, like, four full books of shit to cut out. That would have paced it better and made it easier to power yeah. through and be excited about. That's fair. I will say I really liked... How it ended in Winter's Heart, where we saw... Okay, Rand cleansing the taint, even though, like I said, it was... Like I predicted it. I didn't know what was going to happen then. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there were so many other stories that I wanted resolution to right then. But Robert Jordan said, no, this is what's happening now. And then it ended on that. It didn't give me any end to the other stories that I wanted to know. Yeah. And I was like, okay, time to read the next book because I need to know what's going on. Yeah. I think that that was a well done split between the two books. So, so it would have been less of a With the good idea cliffhanger. Of, yeah, yeah. Leaving you wanting more. Th- that's fair. Which is an important thing as an author. You have to want them to read the next book. Yeah. Winter's Heart really does have one of the biggest cliffhanger endings of the entire series. And that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my model 
in in the way I gave it, that would definitely lessen that. That's a good point. Um, but there was something I wanted to bounce over to Shame to talk mm. about because she was discussing this with me a little yesterday, <laughs> and I want her to lead it. Yeah, <laughs> is that uh, part of why Elaine's plotline can be so upsetting to or like boring to read and tedious oh. to read at times? Is that Robert Jordan doesn't know how to write women? Yeah. So, so please take it away, Robert Jordan. I'm going to use what Dang said in the car because he said it perfectly and I laughed really hard. <laughs> okay, okay. Robert Jordan really wants to pass the Bechdel test. <laughs> but does he understand the Bechdel test? He just doesn't know Maybe how to not. pass it, you know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> he doesn't seem to know what women do when they're alone or together. And he's, he seemed to make us very, very catty kind of thing. And I think that's kind of frustrating to read because whenever you're in Elaine's plot line, it feels disingenuine. It feels petty. It feels snappy. And it's like, this is not an environment that I want to be in. And it's especially bad because Elaine's almost always talking to other women too. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, oh, I hate this plot line that has all the women just because they're all being mean to each other for no reason. And... I had forgot something in the car I wanted to talk about on this, yeah. and you helped me remember by the way you introduced this. I think part of the problem is that Robert Jordan kind of premised his whole style of writing mm-hmm. on the idea that men and women are fundamentally different and can never understand each other and can yeah. only work together in limited capacities. Which, like, untrue. Untrue? Fucking binary as fuck? Yeah. leads... Because he's a man, it's going to lead to some pretty shitty sexist stuff in the mm, books, too. Like, a little bit, yeah. In, in the way he writes and... Just assumptions. But, like, obviously untrue. Like, have you seen the two of us work together? Mm-hmm. We are efficient AF. And... We once worked together, lived together, and, like... Went to school together. Went to school together all at the same that. time. And we usually worked the same shifts. But, yeah, Robert Jordan doesn't write women particularly well. And so when there's a plot line that's almost exclusively women and then Rand every once in a while, it's going to be weaker, right? Mm -hmm. I have strong feelings about this book. Anyway. The way in which it's presented. Like, if you wrote them, like, actual... Human beings. Yeah, yeah, actual people, (laughs) you know? Like, it would... Because his, I think at the like the top of his list, every character he gives him a set of personality traits, and for every character that is, has a vagina, because he's very cisnormative about this. Thanks, Halima. That's another discussion as well. Mm. Um, the first personality trait is woman, like woman or man, like that. That's the first thing. Yeah. He determines, no, no, right? no. My argument is there's one for woman, but there's not one for man. Oh, no, no. That's a really good point. Yeah. That's a really good point. Yeah. <laughs> men can be anything, but women can be women. women. Yeah. They can be anything within that spectrum. So as you were talking, I had a thought. Mm. Um, so n- none of the listeners know this, but y'all know this. Um, I'm an author. I have a book out and I'm working on more. And I kind of had an idea that I think would be a really cool writing tool slash experiment mm-hmm. for 
people who like me are men and want to write content. I think it's a really cool idea to write characters by what you want them to do, how you want them to portray, like, portray themselves personality-wise. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then flip a coin for each one of them once they're a fleshed-out character. Once they're... Are they going to be cool? Or maybe if you want, roll a die, depending on how many genders you want to include in your fantasy series. I suppose that was incredibly binary of me to say flip a coin after I just called him out on that. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Sorry, everybody. I got you. Roll a die. Roll Roll a d4. D4 or d6. It's your world. D6 probably the most reasonable. Happy little, happy little genders. You put them all in, have friends. Aww. I mean that in a non-sarcastic way. I promise. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like, write down: Are they going to be charismatic? Are they going to be strong? Mm-hmm. Are they particularly agile? Uh, are they promiscuous? Are mm-hmm. they judgy? Are they yeah. tall, short, whatever? Mm-hmm. Muscular, flabby, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then roll your die. And you have to abide by it. You have to abide by the gender that the gods of fate assigned your character. And you don't get to write them differently than you created them. Fuck you. I love that. I feel like that would be a really useful tool. As somebody who, like, (laughs) entirely based on personality would definitely be written as a man in the book. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 I like that idea. Anyways, that's our writing advice about <laughs> oh how to be God. inclusive. Um, New BuzzFeed quiz. <laughs> uh, answer these questions and we'll tell you whether you'd be a man or a woman in the Wheel of Time. Oh my God. That's fucking insane. And it would be really bad because the first three options would always be like a jock guy, an intellectual guy, a military guy. And then the fourth one would just be like Angry. A, a woman answer that would be like really bitchy or... yeah. Sassy or stubborn. Yeah. Horrible. BuzzFeed, if you're going to do that, you have have to credit me, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Credit to Deng at the Weed of Time. Thank you. Anyway. All right. Do we have anything else that we want to talk about in relation to how we feel about the book? Is it a good book? The Wheel of Time book. Of course it's good. Is yeah. it as good as the other books? Fuck no. Oh, <laughs> I thought it was real nifty of Robert Jordan. Real nifty of him to add at the end. Um, that thing that he does when he adds a poem or like an excerpt from one of the many prophecies of the dragon. Mm-hmm. And it was written, I assume, after or towards the very end of... Um, everything going on in this. Also, I think the listeners will know because I think it's in your, the bit you read. Yeah. Too. So oh, I wasn't going to read it. I was just going to yeah. say like. I, I was just trying to tie everybody's memories yeah. back. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say like, it's written about the time that everything that's happening in these books are happening. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's cool. That, that cool. means like, his, like history is always being made. But history is being made. You history know? is marching forward. Yeah. Too, She's like, that means that they might not all die. That means there's the dark to be one might it. not win. And I'm here to tell you that, yes, there's a pattern that says time will go on and it's written and it's simultaneously all happening at the same time. But if the pattern is torn, I know. It will not continue. I'm also real worried about my sweet baby boy parent dying. <laughs> That's you a should kid. be. 
Yes, he, he does did. a lot of dangerous shit. <laughs> he does. He does so and much. And he barely knows how to handle it. Like, True. Flying by the seat of his pants all, all right. the time. So in that case, we'll move on to our third prompt, which is no suppose predictions. Um, I'm going to step out for a minute. Why? Because I've drank 24 ounces of water during this episode. So um, have I. I'm proud of your your fortitude, but I'm leaving because it means I can get chips on the back. Oh, bring me some, please. Oh, yeah. First you make fun of me for my bladder, (laughs) then you're like, bring me chips. That's how it is with you. (laughs) He gave me me a nice shoulder touch on the way by, so I know he didn't mean it. And then smacked his hand on the door. (laughs) He did. He smacked it real hard. Anyways, your predictions. <laughs> She's like, predictions? What have I? I Okay, so you remember how in Winter Sarda had a billion and twelve predictions? Yeah. You I don't know. have very many at this point. Okay, let's go character by character. Okay. We're, like, we'll start easy. What do you think is going to be happening with Rand? I don't know. Rand, Cad Swain's like, he's making, he's doing something, and I don't know if I'm going to tell him to do it or not to do it. I don't know how to advise him on this, and I'm like, what the fuck is he planning? And I guess, like, that's talking and making a deal with the Sean Sean, but still, I'm like, what the fuck does this entail? What does this What does this deal entail? What is happening? What is going (laughs) to be bargained? Yeah. Yeah. Also, what about this duplicity? Why is the second daughter of nine moons running around? Yes, all right. Now, Perrin, your baby boy. Um, I really want him to say fail so badly. What, what did he do the last time? Um, the last time you saw him, the last what, time what had happened? He had chopped off a man's arm. Okay, yeah. And. Yeah, so that's our next prop, by the way. We'll talk about it in a minute. Um, he tried, like I said, last night, he... Hurled an axe into a tree, fully knowing that Elias was there, and then just, just like it wasn't the same tree. No, 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 no. But just being like, I know you're fucking there, Elias. Come out. Yep. And Elias is like, oh boy, I hope you did. Otherwise, ouch. A camouflaged Elias falls out of the tree that Perrin threw the axe at. Oh. <laughs> Not everywhere. He made that joke in the garage yesterday, too. I did, but I needed to tell the fans. <laughs> yeah, he did. No, oh. like, no shade. Uh, Matt. Okay. No fucking idea. Oh, you need to talk about Renna. Renna died, and it made me so happy. <laughs> yeah. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> fucking just justice for our girl Egwene, please. Is it a little bit poetic that her capture died? In that book, just for her to get a new one? Is it a little... Did he do that on purpose? I don't think so, but maybe. Because I think that's a very, um... It's an interesting point I had yeah. considered. I think the Cine buns are a certain hit. And if he did that on purpose, like, wow. Oh, blessings! Thank you. you. Gotta tell the fans why you did that. He brought me Doritos, an entire bowl. <laughs> did you get them all to me? I had a big handful over there. Oh, okay. And I brought back a liter and a half of blue Kool-Aid. <laughs> in a spaghetti oh. Tupperware container. That we got from my mother. <clears throat> to be fair, you looked at me yesterday and said you could use it to keep Kool-Aid in. And I meant Kool-Aid powder. 
but she didn't specify that. So I filled it with Kool-Aid, and now I'm going to drink it. <laughs> Isn't life with them just swell? <laughs> They're so cool, I love them. <laughs> We're, how does this make us cool? He's drinking Kool-Aid out of a spaghetti thing. Oh, you guys did it. It just was hey, cool. This bitch is apparently under the delusion that we're cool people. We are not. We are nerds. We are dorky. Listen, things only have the meaning to which 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 we give to them. Okay? Fear of the name only increases fear of the thing itself. This is only a Tupperware for keeping pasta in. <laughs> if we want it to be. <laughs> and I don't need a Tupperware for keeping my noodles in. I do need more things out of which to drink Kool-Aid. <laughs> things only have the meaning we give them. And I give this the meaning of a cup. It also has, like, a travel mug lid. Like, what the fuck? I can slide it and lock it and then slide yeah, it and open it and drink it pasta. Because it has, goes over openings that say one serving or two servings. It helps you measure your pasta. They're different size. Okay, so if I take a small sip, I gotta go out of the one serving side. And if I take a big sip, I gotta go out of the two serving side. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm sorry I'm derailing this. We can continue. Matt. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot going on in Matt's storyline that I'm not, like, that we talked a little bit about this earlier. He now knows that, um, Tuwan could probably channel if she spent some time working on it. Yep. Um, um, Rena died. Bless. Bless the light. <laughs> Although, the, when he killed, when he gave uh -huh. the command to shoot, mm -hmm. that was very well written. Mm -hmm. That was one of the cool, like, Coolest things Robert Jordan has ever written. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Him feeling like... You could feel him literally weighing the options of, I could yeah. let this woman be free, or she could go into town and tell everyone where Tuan is, and I'm dead, and Rand is dead, and the world is dead. Mm -hmm. And he said, I have to take the choice of this one person's life over the lives of many, even though I'm the one responsible for this death. What was it that Mr. Spock said? The goods of the many outweigh the good of the few or the one. Give half the light of the world to save the world. See, and this is what I mean. The darker parts, when they have to make darker choices that really fucking matter and you can see the consequences laid out right in front of you, that's really what humanizes these characters for me. That's what really makes them come alive is when I can- Like Rand in the box? Yes. I can feel exactly what they're feeling and I understand the decisions that they are making. And I think that's something that separates good fiction and fantasy from bad fiction and fantasy. And I'm going to use Harry Potter as an example. I didn't find those characters ever had to... Deal with duplicity. Deal with duplicity. And when it came down to a question of, like, if we kill Voldemort, aren't we just as bad as Voldemort? And they all kind of said yes. That's weird and worse to read objectively because like anyone with half a brain is looking at that like no it's better to kill him mm -hmm. right and so matt looking at it and saying well it's either the world or this person he didn't say that makes me a death eater that makes me a forsaken he said gotta crack a few eggs to make an omelet yeah <laughs> and i respect that you know and his main issue wasn't that it was killing a person it was killing a woman yeah mm. 
his third woman he has killed or been responsible for their death in a roundabout way that he just wants to make himself feel bad, a.k.a. Kylan. <laughs> Boom roasted. Boom roasted. <laughs> because there was... Bash feels bad about it for some reason. Oh, we did tie her up. <laughs> okay, yeah, but like... She could have had... It wouldn't have helped, but like... She could have had a sword, like a weapon with her and she still would have died against a gray man, you know? Not a gray man. A golem. A golem, golem I mean. Yeah. No, she would have, but like, I understand why he feels bad about it. I, I do too, in a way, but at the same time, like, no, she raped you, like, sorry. Like, I yeah, don't feel I like bad for. I don't feel remorse for her. Mm-hmm. She was a bad person and knew she was, like, <laughs> yep. straight up. Yeah. Okay. Um, Elaine, what do you think's gonna happen with Elaine next? More of the same. She's pregnant. She's got a crown to, to win, hopefully. Sunday. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> Was Marie never up for the sun throne? You'll find out about that in the prequel. Ooh. Yeah. Incentive Ooh. to read New Spring. Mr. Buzzkill has been considering reading. A new spring. He never has? He has never read a new spring. Oh, he should. That boy will just endlessly, endlessly read like the weirdest, cheesiest looking young adult sci-fi fiction fantasy <coughs> forever. He'll go hunt down like <laughs> better copies of the books at used bookstores and shit. And he just has never had time in the last like four years for the 15th Wheel of Time book? Are you fucking, like... <laughs> but at least we have an audio clip of him saying, fuck. That does make it a lot better, <laughs> considering it making it my text tone for him. Because <laughs> he'd hate the shit out of that. Yeah, he would. I'd hate it too, but, like, he'd hate it more so it'd be fine. I'd love it for a little bit. <laughs> It'll be funny for one evening. Yeah. When we're hung over the next morning, not so funny. But the first time the next morning. The first time the next morning would be fun. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but yeah. So, any other characters or plot lines you might have predictions about? Knowing that there's only four books left. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. Oh, I'm so glad to have... You know what? This book brought Loyal back into my life, even if it was just at the beginning and just at the end. And I missed him deeply and severely. And I was so happy to catch up with him. It felt like coming home. Granted. That's legit. <laughs> Absolutely. Loyal is pure. Loyal I, is I our I will tell role. you that Loyal, Loyal is, our... is back. Back again. <laughs> Loyal is our THC-infused cinnamon roll. <laughs> oh... Because he would be a star. And she beady. Okay. You know what would be kind of cool? Hmm. You know how um, Loyal's writing his book? Hmm. It'd be cool if we got to see some of his prophecy. Or like if he wrote prophecy or like write down the history. Or like... Read. And... Find. Out. Yes! Because <laughs> that would be... Oh, it would be so full circle. Wouldn't it just full circle? She says about the wheel. Like if it ended, of time. If the last like 
the little like thing was something that Loyal wrote. <gasps> that would, oh my, that would be so cool. I would love that. Or if it was something that Rand wrote. Oh, that would be really cool too. Honestly. It ends with something. Something loose there, bro. That could be cool too. Theoretically. It just, it just ends with Grandal's OnlyFans link. Fuck. <laughs> Disgusting. <laughs> Dear Rafe Judkins. <laughs> I have a proposal. <laughs> Please. Instead of doing a memory of light, just play as a single shot. The URL link onlyfans.com slash Grandal. Sincerely, the weed of time. And also, check out our Patreon rate. <laughs> Consider becoming a tier 3 subscriber. Patreon. For what? Us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a little podcast called The Weed of Time. Yeah. I don't know if it. you heard of it. No, I just mean, like, why were we talking about the Patreon? Was, oh, oh, no. Oh, the, I understand we now based off the other Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we want us in there, too, if that makes sense. <laughs> okay. Oh, it's actually nice to know where Masana was at in um, Crossroads of Twilight, or where she yeah. was at the end of Winter's Heart when... Um, Shadar when uh, um, Shadar yeah, Hanan was like, "Yo, Shagar Logoth, we're gonna kill Rand," and she was just like, "I'm busy." <laughs> now we know why she was busy. <laughs> she wasn't. She just didn't want to go. Now she's getting tortured for it. Yeah. No, no. I, I just mean like it was nice to yeah. see. Like, oh yeah, she just chose not to show up. Oh, the meeting. Okay, no, I understand. Yeah. I thought you meant the actual cleansing. I was like, what are you talking about? But I get it. Oh, fuck. It's like, I've got you now. You're in trouble. <laughs> yeah. This episode's been a time. Uh-huh. How long has it been? An hour and six minutes. Exactly. Oh. Just now. Not bad, yeah. actually. I thought it was had been like four hours. I was very concerned. All right. So mm-hmm. do you have any more predictions about the rest of the Wheel of Time? Knowing there's only four books left. Yes, thank you for bringing this up. I have predictions about what the um, letter that Tom has is. Okay. <laughs> because I've been thinking about it after we had our text conversation. What was our text conversation? I don't remember. It was when I was like Tom like reading the letter over and over again, mm-hmm. so it's become faded. I think it might be um, some sort of guide or instructions or like prophecy of like some way to bring her back. And I really want it to be that. <laughs> Desperately want it to be that. Ne- next book, we get a scene of him reading it, and it's, Dear Mr. Rafe Judkins, please consider, instead of doing A Memory of Light... <laughs> Can the episode title also be called Yeah, I wrote it down at the bottom. Yes! We'll talk about the two of them when we're sober. Okay. Decision making happens when sober. The magic happens when we're high. Yeah. But no, I think I would be very pleased if that's what the letter was, and I really hope it is. 
There's a lot of things You're that really pleased me about the Wheel of Time. Pardon? There's a lot of things that would have really pleased me about the Wheel of Time, too. That's fair. I just What I, chapter are you on in Knife and Dreams out of curiosity? I'm on page one. Oh. Well, I thought you had gone I thought you had gotten into it. <coughs> I wanted to. I just wanted to do my Today was more. weird. Yeah. And today was weird. And I'm also just like uh, another prologue. <laughs> Honestly, this one's not bad. Uh, it's fine. There isn't a bad prologue for the rest of the series. Yeah. In fact, they're all very, very strong. Oh, good. Because <laughs> uh, this one was a little, um, eh. Yeah. Just like, visit, 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 yeah. visit, visit. It's a lot of eh. Yeah, they're all fine. With, starts with Rodel or Tiralda. Yeah. Tiralda. Is that really it? Iteralda. Holy fuck. Iteralda. And I will I, never forgive Robert Jordan for that. <laughs> Why? That's a fucked name. And like... <laughs> like genuinely scuffed. I don't know if I remember who that man is. He is one of the... F- Five great captains. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I remember Is him. he not... The he's Domani. Cap- he's Captain General of Eridomen or something. Yeah. Head of the he, Domani military. Yeah, he's head of the Domani military. That's the way to say it. Took me a while to get there. And he's also a total fucking Chad. <laughs> but, like, so good at it. Oh, yeah, no, he's fucking no. awesome. Like, <laughs> Did you see him anymore in this book? Who? Sorry. Rodel is No. Okay, you're gonna see him in Night of Dreams, and you're gonna like it. Yeah, no, I remember now that I liked this part. I didn't like the middle section, which I was just... Uh, there was just a lot. There was some weird chapters in this book as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yep. it's a misfit book. Yeah, I still liked it though. <laughs> Shout out to Ebor for also liking this book. <laughs> Shout out to Ebor for also being wrong. No, <laughs> but really cool. But really cool. We love <laughs> You're allowed to be wrong. Everyone's in touch. Well, you know what would be really neat? I wonder if after I read the next four books, mm-hmm. um, what if my opinion will change? Will it change on a second read through? If I, I never noticed the slump until I was done the slump, and then everything was like, "Holy shit!" You might not notice that this wasn't great. What you'll probably notice is that the rest of the books are fucking incredible somehow. That's fair. And then you get a distance away from it. You're like, maybe, <laughs> maybe some were just a little not as good. No, and I can but fully like, admit, like the the last couple have not been as good. But yeah. it's okay. You're there. You're at. You're, you're at. The, the juicy bits. I, I can feel it coming. What's up, Shane? No, I'm just so excited for her to be done this series. That's fair. I'm a little scared to I be done. I think you're going to be done it by September, for sure. I don't. <laughs> well, I do. He's not working. So big. No, I know. I'm a little bit scared and sad to be done it. I don't know if I want the journey to end, you know? That's why we have the podcast. And why there's rereads. It's true. I, I have a couple books like that that I've actually never finished. Interesting. Because um, I never wanted them to end. Like what? Do you know no. the ending of them though? No. There there are some books I have read and don't know the ending of. Like what? Where the Red Fern Grows. Um, which is like an old American classic book or whatever, no. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I've read it about six times and I have not read the last chapter ever. Wow. Because I have an idea, like, I, I know what happens yeah. in the end, and I don't like it, and I don't want the story to be there. That's fair. I want the story to just be how good it was, you know? Yeah. Oh, um, that's fair. Uh, spoiler alert, the dogs die in the end. Oh. 
the beginning, this guy gets two puppies, and at the end, they die. Fucked. Um, horrible. Don't read Completely what you read understand. for those. Incredible book. Don't read it. Um, <laughs> and the other is really weird. It's Pondoro. It's it's a it's a book about like elephant hunters in West Africa, basically. Ooh. Um, and I've never finished it. It's fair. That's all. All right. Do we have any more predictions at all? Oh, sorry. You have to finish the Wheel of Time, though. You have to. Oh, I will finish it. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, I just don't want it to end. Yeah. I understand why. There, like, there I just, is something that happens in like the last sentence of the fucking epilogue that we is major that we have to talk about on the podcast. Yeah, that's true. So like, you have to finish it. Jesus. Yeah. Like, they are revealing things in the last sentence, period. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah. That's chilling, actually. Yeah, no, Some like, I just understand. don't have answers. That's fair. I just, like, I've always wondered, now being a, a very small part of the Wheel of Time community, Twitter of Time, I'm just like, why is this so big? Why is this as it is? I don't... Yeah. In the first couple books, you don't get it, and then you get to... Mm-hmm. You start to see where it's going, and you're like, "No, I get it now. Mm-hmm. You you don't want this to end. This is yep, yep." All right. So our last prompt: Perrin pulls a Wesley <laughs> from the end of the Princess Bride on a Shido, and I'm going to describe the scene. I mean to you, I mean the one where Wesley is paralyzed on a bed, and then starts like psycho fucking attacking Prince Humperdinck. <laughs> <laughs> and like threatens to leave him fucking like disabled and blind and gross yeah. and ugly, but still with his ears so he can hear people making fun of him. Yeah, yeah. I'll cut everything off except your ears. Yeah. It'll be a good strong aiel. Yeah, and yeah. So he fu- cuts off the aiel's hand and then plays war mind games on him to get him to talk and it works and like what the fuck apparently creepy yeah that was like insane i'm glad he gave up his axe after that because that was the only type of catharsis i could have reached after seeing him do that because that was fucked up i felt the thump as the axe hit the tree yeah because it almost hit me a little bit yeah with the (sighs) like i felt the aggression and frustration yeah and sadness, he threw it at that tree. Yeah. I will say, maybe on the darker side of this, mm-hmm. I think it's maybe... I'm, I'm not going to accuse Robert Jordan of this, but I'm going to say it's maybe illustrative of a larger trend mm-hmm. in all media in which women get written out or into... out of or into stories to facilitate male pain. Yeah. As the plot point. Or men in media get away with doing really fucking horrific, atrocious things, but it's okay because they did it for a woman. Yeah. I don't think those are good tropes to fall back on. No. no. And so the fact that the thing behind Perrin becoming this is, that's my wife, is like, okay, yes, it's lovely. You want to save your wife. This is dark and fucked up, dude. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit... It's a, it's a questionable thing to put in mm-hmm. stories. Yeah. But I'm, would you do it differently? That's that's the thing. I'm, I'm not... 
accusing Robert Jordan specifically of mm-hmm. anything with this scene. Because oh, I, don't I know mean, if... like if you were Perrin. Yeah. Oh, I see. Because I'd go fucking insane. I would go to great lengths to rescue you, given the need to. Does that include torture? Would that include cutting off somebody's hand? I don't know. I've never I... been driven to an extreme of of fate where I had to question that of myself. Yeah, and it's hard to imagine yourself in that moment making that choice. Because while you think you know how you're going to feel in that moment, you don't really know until you're there. I would. Fuck this shit. Well, and the other thing is... I know you would. (laughs) I don't know if I would, because I, like, I don't know if I'd have certain strengths put in a situation like that, because I just... I don't have experience with that. That's fair. But I will say that the older... I've said this to you before, both of you. Um... The older I get, I think the more I become an ends justify the means kind of person. And looking back over history, there's a lot of things that I look at and go, you know what? Doesn't look good, but actually it was kind of fucking fine. (laughs) I see why they did it, and actually it worked. And you don't have to like it, but they were probably right. But there were benefits. (laughs) Yeah. So knowing that, maybe I would be willing to do horrendous things and hope it gets excused because... Because of gender roles. Yeah, but I would do the same thing. No, I know. I just think I'd get away with it better. Because I'm a guy. That's fair. <laughs> Mine would be, like, fucked up. Yeah, a lot of horrendous If anyone was going to write that about me, it would be about my kids, not about you. That's fair. That's how that would be written. Woman going crazy. Her kids were kidnapped. Her kids were killed. Yeah. Revenge. The mama bear trope. Yep. Basically. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, let me criticize Robert Jordan more. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that was our last prompt. Shit. Do we have anything else more that we want to say about Crossroads at Twilight? I feel bad for the people in the Shadow Camp. (laughs) You got no idea what's coming. (laughs) There's a lot. They are about to be beaten with a hammer by a blacksmith. You know what, though? The hammer will fall. I think what's actually really interesting about this book is watching the different ways of which people are realizing that, no, we don't like you, yeah. but we need to become a unified front yeah. in order to be able to win mm-hmm. against this yeah. huge bad that is coming. Yeah. It's kind of interesting that we've all co- like they're all coming to that conclusion in different ways. Yeah. So are you saying that the moral of Crossroads of Twilight is that people should vote for Joe Biden? No! <laughs> really explain why I don't like this book. <laughs> a little bit. A little no. bit. A little bit. <laughs> also, how do you feel about Roland? The Shido that captured Fael and well, is now he, protecting um, her. I have concerns, but I'm hoping that things are fine. Yeah. I will tell you that he is actually as respectful as he seems. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. (laughs) Consent matters to Roland. Yeah, it's just... Or Roland, apparently, although he's dogged. It's unfair of me to assume that all of the Shido are horrible and not consent-approving, but, like... It certainly seems that way. In that moment, if I were fail, I would... Yeah. Be very worried about yeah. the same things. Yeah, Roland isn't a actual Shido. No, he was a... Yeah. He, brotherless. Yeah, brotherless, that's it. Yeah. 
So I, I do. Yeah. I think they have slightly more morals than the Shido. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They just couldn't bear to follow a wetlander. No, I am just like still cautious. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. They're and, with the sh- they're with the bad guys. Like and like not that we can't trust Ale because I trust plenty of Ale, but like mm-hmm. some of my best friends are on you. On that note, thank you for joining us for this episode of the Weed of Time podcast, and we hope you tune in again soon. Please let us know any of your thoughts on today's episode on Twitter or Discord at the Weed of Time, and check out our Patreon for cool bonuses like our What the Weed shirt, where we rate and review the different weeds we smoke. We have been adding to that a fuckload because we've been smoking a whole bunch of different kinds of weed, and it's really lit. What? No spell. What? <laughs> he was mean to me. <laughs> She's sulking. Okay. Anyways. Wait, wait, wait. Before we go, yeah. we're doing a poll on Twitter with this episode. <laughs> you wanted to do these. No, I know. Shit, what's so, the poll going to be? So, He's find us on it. Twitter at The Weed of Time and tell us. There'll be a tweet with a poll. As long as I did my work well in the future. If you're listening to it within the first 24 hours of this episode. Yeah, that's true. I guess that would just be more insider for people to listen. Yeah, um, listen fast. Ka-chow. Find our poll on our Twitter and tell us, do you feel, by the standards of the Wheel of Time, positively or negatively about Book 10, Crossroads of Twilight? As in, do you think it's weak or are you wrong? <laughs> If you have a second to rate and review our podcast, we would greatly appreciate it. (laughs) And until next time, remember that the weed weaves as the weed wills. Bye!
you can run.